Hi folks, Jack Spierko here. Today you are listening to an episode of TSP Rewind. <laughs> Commercial-free versions of past episodes, podcasts, blasts from the past. I put these up when I can't do a show due to professional commitments or rare vacations. These podcasts will appear in standard iTunes, Stitcher, and other feeds, but will be titled TSP Rewind Episodes and numbered accordingly. And today, folks, we are rewinding not very far back, December 3rd, 2019. This uh, was originally episode 2558 of the Survival Podcast. It was called Life Hacks from the TSP Community. Um, this was one of our more popular shows we ever did. It was all about the audience. This was tremendous numbers of contributions from audience members uh, discussing life hacks. I, I, I threw out an invitation for this, and my inbox was flooded with them. We went over about a hundred of the best of these hacks. Not all were used, but most of them that came in were. They're all little ways to make your life just a little bit better, save some money, save some time, fix a broken th thing. Uh, most have quite a few of these in our lives, things that we do like this to make our lives a little bit better all the time. These are force multipliers. And so what we did was we took the force multiplier and we multiplied it by sharing it as collective intelligence. And I thought this would be a good episode for today, uh, a good thing to be thinking about. Of course, I'm doing this because next week, I'm gone the whole week, and there will all be rewinds because I'm getting ready for the TSB Spring Workshop. Here's the thing. Tomorrow you'll have your expert counsel show, so there won't be rewinds from here out. And this was a little bit different than your typical rewinds. John Adam, who puts the music schedule together for me, made this week a theme week. And the theme, of course, if you've been listening all week long, is Moody Blues. Well, I didn't want to, like, mess up a theme week and then, like, put the fifth one on the first day of the first. You see, it's just a mess when you do that. So not only will we have a little bit of new material on the intro today, but on the outro, we will remove the song of the day from the original episode And we'll have a great song for you today to wrap the episode up from the Moody Blues. And we've been playing some newer stuff by them. This is from back in 1971. What is it? No, I'll tell you when we get there. Let me say a little bit more about this episode and how well this fits in this day and age versus when it originally came out. Again, this came out December 3rd, 2019, which is when the world was a different place. It's pre-COVID. It was, nobody was taught, nobody had, I think, I don't think anybody in the United States yet had heard the word COVID. Only a few months later, the whole world would turn upside down. So you might think, well, this is, this is from that world, and now we're in this new world. Man, the stuff in this episode is so helpful in making you adaptive to the world that we live in today and to deal with all the bullshit that's going around with us, around, going around, around us, going on around us. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what we try to really teach in the core here. And what I did, and I might do this for all the rest of the rewinds next week too, I went and I looked up posts that were tagged with lifestyle design. Because I think if I, if I, if you said, Jack, you can't call it the survival podcast anymore after I told you to F off and screw off and told you you've done, you can make me do. If somehow you were able to legally enforce this, I had to change the name of my show. I think in, in, at this point in this day and age, I would call it the lifestyle design podcast. I, I think it's a terrible marketing hook, but it really is what we teach. We teach you how to design your life. Survivalism is really, really resiliency and non-brittleness, right? It's, it's, it's setting up systems of self-reliance and self-sufficiency, one which we measure in time and the other which we measure in percentage. And they're a key comp critical component to lifestyle design because the thing that damages people the most is that they depend on their life always being basically okay. And then when anything happens, whether it's an individual disaster like a job loss or a huge collective disaster like an overreaction by government to a supposed pandemic. Either way, it completely derails everything in their life. Yet I know that many people in this audience, in this audience right here that I'm talking to right now, 2020 and then the first quarter of 2021, which is almost over, by the way, TikTok, have been some of the best time in their life Not from a standpoint of just generalized enjoyment, right? You might have given some things up like a restaurant you like to go to is now out of business or something. I mean from a personal profitability standpoint. Most of the people that I know, my fellow entrepreneurs, have done better during this time than they did before it. 
Most. Not all, most. And it's mainly because most of the entrepreneurs I know are lifestyle entrepreneurs. They're not mom-and-pop restaurants. Those guys got just I mean, of all the, the sectors. The mom-and-pop restaurants got clobbered, especially in places like New York, California, harder than anybody else. That's not a lifestyle business. That's a business that I, I don't take this the wrong way. I have tremendous respect from anybody that could has the gumption to run a restaurant. It's a hard business. But it's a business that kind of owns you. Lifestyle businesses are where we integrate our lifestyle through design into our income. To where by living our lives, we earn income. And most of the people I know that did that, they exploded in this time. And I'll tell you why. Because all they did was adapt the business to their lifestyle, which they had already done. So when everybody was running around, freaked out, they had something they knew to anchor down on. And most people, when this happened, said, I'm going to work harder, longer, better than I ever have before. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know if it was going to actually hurt their business. So in most cases, it probably was relatively neutral to the lifestyle business owner. But since they doubled their efforts, since they put more into it, since they poured everything they had into it even more than before, they had better results. And even though this show's really not about business, it's the same type of thinking. A life hack is not like, well, I'm going to go to school and learn how to do these things so that I'll be good at It's how do I take this really simple way of ordering or arranging or processing things and just integrate it into my life so it just happens. And it's an incredibly powerful concept. Again, we're going to go over about a hundred of the best of the best of them in this episode. I hope you enjoy this. Again, we'll have an expert counsel show tomorrow. I'll be away all next week running the TSP Spring Workshop, and then I'll be back the following week. But I will keep giving you little bits of new content in all of these Rewind shows. With that, let's go ahead and rewind back. December 3rd, 2019, Lifestyle Hacks from the TSP community. Out today... Which, which I've been doing a lot lately, most shows, a quote of the day. And I looked for a quote that would really sum up my hopes for this episode. This is by Greg Egan. Greg is a uh, science fiction typewriter and a science theorist, I guess would be a way to put it. Uh, not well known in America, really. Not as much, not as far as I know, anyway. I've not heard of him much. But I like this quote by him. What he said about learning was, we learn precisely enough to keep us from wanting to know anymore. That's, that is actually really a very interesting statement if you really think about it. That's what shuts down learning. When we get to the point where our curiosity is fully satiated about a given subject, we stop learning about it. And I think that's one of our true, it's a gift in a way, if you're a polymath. Because that way you can go on and learn something about something else. So we don't stop learning everything. We stop learning about that thing. But it can be a very limiting thing if we don't see the benefit in learning more about things that often have extreme benefits for us. And what I mean by that is a lot of the life hacks you hear today, you might go, that's really cool, but I'll probably never use that. But what's going to happen inevitably is you are going to ingest all of this information. It's going to go into various brain cells and be stored. And once that happens, you will forget about a lot of it. But sooner or later, something will come up. And because you knew this other thing, you will extrapolate what to do about this thing. And that's one of the great joys of being a lifelong self-led learner. That the things that we learn may not directly translate, but due to pattern recognition and the, the ability to extrapolate this unknown based on the known, it has a, a, a tendency to pay tremendous dividends. And this is one of the reasons I love the Internet. This is a way to think about the Internet. The Internet is a way to prevent the tragic loss of knowledge. I think about old men like my great-uncle Pete, that, man, he could sit down and probably give you more life hacks than we're going to go through today. And I think about all the little things I learned from him, but I think more about what are all the things I didn't learn from him. This is a man who told me a story 
of one day sitting down and looking at his provisions. He was a staff sergeant in World War II in Italy. And there was people they came across, and they were filthy, dirty, and they wanted soap. And I remember him saying he looked into his provisions, and he had about a half a bar of soap. And this isn't a hack. This is just a story. And I remember he said he looked at all these people and realized that, like, there's no way he could help them all. And all they wanted was friggin' soap. But he cut his half bar into a quarter and gave it to one of the ladies. And he said he always wondered for the rest of his life when and if those people got some soap. This is a guy that lived through the Great Depression. Lived a really long life. Long enough that even though he was in Italy in World War II, my wife met him when we lived in Pennsylvania for three years back in the early 2000s. And then he eventually passed away. And I, I think of my great-uncle Pete, and I think, what knowledge went in that grave with his body? And I think, what if, what if the Internet had been invented in 1930, and what if great-uncle Pete had a YouTube channel? And that's what I'm trying to tie you guys into, is to take this knowledge and make it propagate itself so that it stays with us long after the source of the knowledge has passed, because we all will pass in time. So with that, let's go ahead and get into this. And there's some really interesting stuff and some fun stuff, and it's all over the place. I didn't put it in any order. I'm just going through the emails and reading them. Uh, bulletproof coffee life hack from Greg. I use an immersion blender to make bulletproof coffee. I have made bulletproof coffee for my wife uh, and I just about every day for the last three years. By using an immersion blender, there's only one extra thing to clean, unlike a normal blender. Michael says, a hack for YouTube. YouTube allows the playback speed to be adjusted from a quarter speed to two times speed. There are plugins that allow even higher playback speeds. I start watching at 1.25 speed, and now with practice, I can watch most videos between 2.5 and 3x speed. I can watch the same videos now in less time and watch more videos in the same time. Mike, I think for me, about I've played with that. One and a quarter, that is about my max speed that I want to speed something up, unless the person is really, really slow. Some of those types. And then, you know, you get them a 1.5 and they sound good. But it is a good thing to know uh, because sometimes you really are trying to pay deep attention to something. It's really entertaining. And sometimes you're just looking for information. And to me, the value of running at like a double speed is not that I can get the whole video watched. It's that I'm trying to find the answer to the damn question that I put this video up for. And the video is a 10-minute video that promises to give me this one answer. And I can kind of like jump ahead, jump ahead, and I can't really find it, but I can run that at double speed and just kind of let it run in the background. Oh, there's what I'm looking for. Okay, now I know. That's one of my hacks, I guess. Um, this from Jerry. Jerry says, have you noticed your French press gets stained after using it for a while? A soak in OxyClean returns it to clean and bright. Also, any bottles for your home brew that get stained, uh, they clean up easily the same way. So OxyClean. Hey, wait, there's more. Uh, Tactical Redneck says he has a useful little life hack for that screw you don't have quite enough room to get a screwdriver on. The backside of a screwdriver bit is a one-quarter inch hex, so they fit perfectly in a one-quarter inch socket or a combination wrench. Not only comes in handy when it's a tight fit, but also when you need some serious torque on a screw. Uh, so that's a good one. He actually sent a bunch. I'm going to read a few of his. I might skip one or two. Uh, tactical also that I have a use for a life hack transferring fuel or any liquid for that matter. I have the same recommendations as Stephen Harris with one tweak. Long before I heard of Harris's recommendation, I used the marine fuel hose with the awesome little priming bulb, but I carried it in, I carried into Ace Hardware and sized up some copper tubing that would fit in the end of the hose with the copper tubing being ridged. Uh, I don't have to fight to get the hose to the bottom of the tank. It just sits in there. Um, but copper or brass only. These two metals are non-sparking. If you use any form of plastic, you have to make sure it's rated for petroleum. Otherwise, it might dissolve. Uh, it probably will dissolve. Uh, one more from Tactical Redneck. Um, I got an interesting way of making a bed for cold weather. I'm currently staying in a pop-up camper this week of temps are dipping into the 30s. So I pulled a fitted sheet off the mattress, laid down a military-issue wool blanket, then put a fitted sheet back on. 
Then I laid my fleece blanket and layered another wool blanket on top of that. The wool and fleece blanket stick together like Velcro, and the wool blanket under the fitted sheet hasn't moved. I hate being cold, so I might ditch my hammock and set up this year during your workshop. So this came in before the workshop because being cold sucks in multiple holes. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, got one here from I don't know who this is. Lenang, I'm going to call them, because that's kind of sort of what their email looks like it says. Uh, pest control, I take a cotton string and tie it to the bait pan on a mousetrap and deep e dip either melted peanut butter or melted bacon grease on the string. This causes the mouse to tug on the trigger rather than licking it clean. That is actually something sounds like my great-uncle Pete would have come up with. Good one there. Save coffee cans, boxes, etc. to place the mousetrap in. Cut a small hole in the side to let the mouse in. This keeps pets from having their tongue caught in the trap. Oh, the pets from having their tongue caught in the trap. Cleaning. I have an older black and decker sander that's up for wet sanding. Uh, I use scotch Brite pad with that for things like soap scum in the tub. Cleaning a glass stovetop, that gunk at the bottom of a casserole dish. Road film on a windshield. A microfiber towel also works well in place of a scotch Brite pad. Miscellaneous. Toothpaste is a good substitute for other kinds of polish. Um, I train my dog to go potty in a pile of sawdust for easy cleanups. Loop a rope ratchet strap under things like a mattress, heavy boxes, and appliances to move them more easily. Plastic milk jugs are a poor man's kydex. Just cut the top and bottom off and cut down the tube, and you're left with uh, you have a rectangular sheet. For emergency washer, for a garden hose is made by, from cotton string and wax. That's all I have to. I don't really get that one. An emergency washer. Oh, washer. Like a washer to seal things. Um, you can make for a garden hose from a cotton string and wax. That's, that's actually really cool, man. I appreciate that one. Um, I have two right now from, uh, Terry. Keep a Sharpie marker around my lawn and garden equipment. Note oil changes and tire pressure so I don't have to go looking for an owner's manual or in my service logs. I can change an oil filter in grease. Uh, a machine, I simply write lube oil filter on the date somewhere near the motor. If the machine has an hour meter, I'll note the hours. I also write the tire pressure for each tire on the wheel next to the valve stem. Saves from having a look up in the manual. Uh, you were talking about keeping crickets and scorpions out of the house for several years. I've cut some spearmint and scattered it around the basement and attached garage. I do it in the fall when the critters are thinking about moving in. Certainly hasn't been a scientific study, but the mint seems to repel mice, crickets, and other insects. It might be worth a try. Paul says, if your EDC flashlight uses a single AAA battery, such as a Streamlight MicroStream, this hack is for you. If you have a bifold wallet, you can keep a spare AAA battery in the fold of your wallet. I've done this consistently for around six years and never had a battery leak or deform. A bonus hack is for those like myself who currently carry a rechargeable MicroStream, The proprietary rechargeable battery can be purchased online for a few bucks, so you can have a spare in your wallet and worry less about how much charge you have less. Thanks for everything, Paul. Next up, Josh says, for the Family Handyman Magazine Instagram page. Oh, from the Family Handyman Magazine Instagram page. Stamped in tool markings can be tough to read. To solve this, buy some white fingernail polish or whiteout. Brush it on the tool and wipe it quickly with a clean cloth. The white polish stays in the grooves, and the numbers are easy to read at a glance. That's a great one. Uh, Jim says, when you're planning on buying an expensive item on Amazon, but you don't actually need it right away, it's always appropriate to cool down and see if the need or want withstands a delayed test. Well, during your delay, copy the URL and paste it into camel, 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 and set a desired price. It shows the price history chart. Kind of like buying stocks with limit orders, not market orders. But then don't click on the email when the price watch executes and sends you an email. Go to tspaz.com and do your online shopping there. Uh, Richard says, easy way to create and remember a secure password. I work in IT and have a hack for remembering a secure password that many people like. Here's a good password. Uh, M-H-A-L-L-W-F-W-W-A-S-1-2-3-4-5. It might look hard to remember until I give you a hint. Mary had a little lamb. This bit is at the the bit at the end is called haystacking, i.e., artificially making the password longer with filler info. 
So if you want to create a good password, think of a song or a quote you like and use all the first letters of the passage you like. For a really good password, include capitalization punctuation marks. Also, if you don't remember the real lyrics, it's okay as long as you remember how you think it goes. Try not to sing the song as you type it if you want to keep people around you from finding out what your password is. Life hack number six from Tactical Redneck. You've been recommending using red solo cups for starting plants. I've used them for years, but one simple hack to make drain holes for someone who doesn't have access to or feel comfortable using a drill at the base of the cup We're at 90s to the bottom. You just take a pair of scissors and cut off three or four small slivers. Works fine. Um, that's that's a good hack. That's easier than using a, uh, uh, a, a soldering iron, which I recommended. Now, I would say this. That's fine for if you're putting dirt in there and you're just using them to start plants. If you're using them for like hydroponics, aquaponics, or something like that, you need more room for roots. Uh, Tom says, instead of wrapping line around your hand, create loops... Wrap it in a figure eight around your thumb and pointer or whatever finger. Finish it off the same way by wrapping the end of the loops around the bundle and half hitching it off. This stops it from getting tangled when you unwind it. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Make figure eight. Uh, it also, what that does is when you wrap stuff around your hand, have you ever noticed that you end up with like your hand, it's like hard to get off your hand? If you do the figure eight method, not only does it unspool easier, there's always, you just kind of bring your fingers together and you have the ability to get off your finger really easily. Uh, next up, an investment hack for 401k and Roth IRAs. Don't dollar cost average invest. Every month when money is taken out of your pocket or your paycheck uh, for a retirement contribution, don't put it directly in the stock market. Instead, put it in a money market fund or stable value fund if your 401k has that. Just save the money and let it accumulate. Then whenever the media is convulsing over a market meltdown, i.e. the S&P 500 is trading below its 100- or 200-day moving average, move the money into a market fund at that time. Don't dollar-cost average. Instead, bulk buy the dip. That was from, you guessed it, John Pugliano. Uh, this is from JP. JP says, hello, Jack. Here's my life hack. I vacuum-sealed the emergency cash in my bug-out bag. It makes the stack more compact and waterproof, and I'm less likely to spend it on pizza delivery because it's all sealed up. Thank you for an excellent podcast. That makes me think of someone that gave me a life hack long ago on credit cards. So they wanted a credit card in case they had an emergency. They put a container full of water in the freezer, and they froze the credit card under the water so they couldn't read it. And that way, if they wanted to use the credit card, they had to wait for the ice cube to melt. And that way, they would only use the credit card in case of an actual emergency. Uh, next up, from Brandon, clean Lexan or plastic windshield or helmet visor um, and headlight covers with foaming shaving cream. Plastic windshields also scratch super easy. Soaps can damage the coating. Spray on the shave cream. Gently wipe to cover everything. Wait 10 minutes. Wash off with warm water. Repeat as needed for stubborn bugs, dirt, etc. Works great. And adds an anti-fog coating at the same time. That's a good one. Uh, David said, for those using a wood stove to heat your home uh, but can never uh, seem to get the back room warm. Go purchase a bathroom vent, some insulated vent hose, put the vent above the wood stove, run the insulated hose to the back of the farthest room, get the wood stove area nice and warm, and turn on the vent fan. It will dump heat into the back room and help circulate the air in the house, keeping the whole house more warm and even temperature. That's actually a really cool one, David. I think people building tiny houses might be able to extrapolate a lot from that because everything's nice and open while you're building the house. Uh, hi, Jack. Thanks for having such awesome sponsors. Uh, I just married the love of my life on the 12th. I went to knifekits.com to procure gifts for my groomsmen. The knife kits were super straightforward, and I loved I was able to finish the wood for the handles myself, giving them a personal touch. The guys love them. I package each one with a good local pilsner, a beer, and a blade. I'm a nerd for alliteration. Wedding budgets can get out of hand fast. Being able to take advantage of such an affordable option was honestly so valuable to my sanity. The free shipping was a nice bonus as well. Thanks for taking them on as a sponsor. That's cool, Zach. I've never really thought about kind of doing like themed gifts from Knife Kits or some of the other sponsors. Um, life hacks. Uh, this is from Steve. Uh, these ideas work best with a wide mouth food jar thermos. I use a 24 ounce Stanley. Personally, it's a nice perk 
to the food jar aside from the wide mouth so the lid also doubles as a serving bowl. Temper the thermos with boiling water before cooking your meals for about 10 minutes, maybe longer. Then pour out the boiling water that was used to temper the thermos. You probably know temping gets the inside of the container up to the same temperature as the liquid in the bottle. By heating it beforehand, you don't lose temperature of what goes inside. Next, fill the thermos with about 30% boiling water. Then add regular oatmeal, not instant, up to the halfway point. Add in maple syrup, brown sugar, etc. Top off of boiling water. Cap it and shake to mix. Should be done in a few hours. Great for hiking or traveling and also a nice hot meal. Brats, hot dogs. Uh, temper the thermos, pour out boiling water, add brats or hot dogs, refill with boiling water, let cook for a couple hours minimum. Works great for tailgating parties. Biggest advantage of this method are that you can make a meal while you still have hot water. Your food cooks while you do something else. Your food can't get overcooked in a thermos. Hey, I actually saw Samantha Brown in like Finland or something like that, and they, they cooked uh, sausages that way. That's cool. Um, Garloin uh, says, when you have livestock in northern climates, draining water hoses in cold weather is necessary to keep them from freezing. I have splitters on most of our uh, hose bibs so that I don't unhook a hose to get water in a bucket or fill with dog water. I'll explain this one real quick instead of reading his uh, email. It's pretty long. So all he does is take, you know, those, like a brass splitter that you put on your hose bib so you can have two places to attach a hose. So you attach a hose to one side, and that way when you want to just rinse your hands off or whatever, and the hose is, like, drawn out, you can do that. Well... To drain the hose, usually you disconnect the hose and kind of hold it up over your head and you hand over hand until the hose is drained. I have to do that all the time. Well, what he's saying is you just open the other side of the valve, open both valves, and you can leave the hose attached. It'll break the vacuum. Really cool. I'm going to, you know, I'm thinking, like, I've got a lot of the places where I have that, and I never thought to do that. That's an example of what I was trying to get at uh, here, folks, with sometimes it's not that you're not smart or whatever. You just didn't think of it. That's a good one. One that showed up on my YouTube channel, I don't remember exactly why, but buying whole cuts of meat instead of buying sirloin steak, ask the butcher for a whole sirloin, you'll pay less. I've talked about that before, but yes, learning to do meat cutting properly can save you thousands of dollars a year and let you eat better quality meat. It's also not hard to do. So next up, Sean basically took and mounted a vise and a grinder to a trailer hitch uh, clevis. Uh, so that that way, when you want to use them, they can be mounted right on the back of his van. He has a, a van he does all his work with as a contractor. Uh, but additionally, you know, like a bench grinder is pretty big. And you might not have room in the vehicle to take that bench grinder on a job, but you could mount it on there down the road with it, mount it to the back of your car and save space. So. That's another uh, really cool hack. I like that one from Sean. Sean, thanks for sending that one in. Uh, Molly says, here's an effective life hack for your show. If you have house plants, you sometimes have fleas. If you have house pets, you can sometimes end up with fleas in your house. You can set up a flea trap for zero cost. At night, just install a night light into a low wall outlet. Underneath the night light, put in a small dish pan, say three to five inches in height. Inside the pan, put an inch of water and a little dish soap. When you go to bed, the fleas will go toward the light, and they will be drawn in and jump in the dishpan and drowned. Huh. I'm wondering if that might work for some other forms of insect pests as well. Uh, from Eric, have a lost tool bin by the door from your garage into your house. Then when you need to stop working on a job before you have the pool, tools put, put away, uh, if your wife finds a tool that doesn't get put in some random shelf, it gets put in the bin. The next time you have a few minutes, clear the bin out and put the tools back where they belong. I think that's brilliant because I'm telling you stuff gets put away. It's part of the gnome theory. It's actually the wife theory. It's also like let's say that you don't really have time to put all your tools away. If you have a bin for tools that are out but not yet put away, you put your tools in your bin. So I think that's, that's going to be part of my uh, shop organization strategy as I go into my redesign. Um, just a, this is from Aaron. Just a quick hack on narrowing down what kind of choke a 12-gauge shotgun has. If you can't identify it, a dime will not fit through an improved full, full, or tighter 12-gauge choke. It will fit through modified improved cylinder, skeet, and so on. 
It's also good to check on the poly chokes that came on older shotguns to see if they're actually working. Uh, one thing you can also do is you can build a really simple gauge for yourself on chokes. Let's say you have a couple shotguns uh, that you know the choke on because they're marked properly. Well, then you can just basically cut a little triangle out of a piece of cardboard and then insert that into the barrel of, let's say, you're an improved cylinder choke and make a pen mark and write IC between the two pen marks. Then maybe go to a tighter choke like a modified, stick it in there, and write M for modified. And as long as you're going gauge to gauge, all of the choke diameters should be the same. That's a way you can check things like that. If uh, there's markings on an older shotgun that are illegible, or I have found in some cases, especially older shotguns, they might be marked modified and they're a tad tighter or a tad looser. That means there's anything wrong with them, but it's good to know what you're actually dealing with. Um, next, uh, from uh, Brian says, always purchase fuel cans, plant food, soil, garden utensils, herbicides, pesticides at estate sales. Save up to 90% sometimes. The last day is the best. Huge discounts. You know what? And I bet that's something without a lot of competition. And I bet that's why the last day is best. How many people do you think go to estate sales to buy gas cans or plant food or garden utensils? That's not the kind of thing most people go to, to estate sales for, but I bet you there's a lot of crap like that laying around at a lot of them. Uh, next up, this is from DL. DL says, have you ever had to replace a PVC valve? Yep. But you can't get the water to stop dripping from the pipe. For instance, a supply valve or a, for a sink or a toilet. Get a slice of cheap store-bought bread, tear a piece out of the center, roll it into a ball, and press it into the pipe. Quickly dry the pipe, apply the cement, install the valve, and allow time to set. When the water pressure is restored, the bread will soften up, damn near dissolving before straight through the pipe or fittings. I wish I learned this trick before I was 48 years old. I just learned that trick and I'm 47, so thank you for saving me a year. Uh, life hack. If you forge persimmons, you know that getting the pulp out of persimmons is time-consuming and a big pain in the ass. I finally found a fast method for getting pulp. A laundry lingerie bag. Put a few handfuls of persimmons in a lingerie bag at a time. Squeeze it a few times while scraping the pulp into a bowl and done. Way faster than any other method I've used. That's, that's cool. That's from Travis. Travis, here's my, my return hack for you. Picking elderberries. Picking elderberries sucks. You either wear nitro gloves or you get blue fingers. And it's time consuming and it's a pain in the ass. Don't do it. Go out to your elderberry bushes. Take a pair of trimmers and clip the entire cluster of berries off at a time. Put them in a five gallon, or put them in a bag. Throw the bag in the freezer and freeze your elderberries. Then get a five-gallon bucket and you start banging elderberries off of the, the clusters. They fall right off. They don't stain your hands because they're frozen. And all you do is, you know, if they start to thaw, throw the bag back in the freezer and finish up later. Uh, that has made it much easier for me to harvest elderberries on my property. Uh, next hack. This is from John. Put multiple trash bags in a single bin at one time, up to five. When taking out the trash, you pull up one bag, and another one is already ready to go. Also helps stop leaks into the bottom of the can. Hack, add this works for baby toddler beds, too. Mattress waterproof layer, bed sheet, waterproof sheet. I only recommend two sheets on this one, though. It's easy way to clean up puke and diaper lick and potty train. Oops, clean up. Reminded by a Facebook post on this one. Again, John from Missouri on that one. Brian says, mixing salad hack. Rather than dirtying a salad bowl or a spinner, I grab a grocery bag, simply add the ingredients and shake up the bag to mix well. For those afraid of getting cooties from a, uh, a shopping bag, a gallon Ziploc bag or shake and bake bag works as well but isn't free. Mason jar hack. My grandson seems to go through a jar of peanut butter a week. The lids from a couple different brands fit perfectly on regular mouth canning jars. Now, I just check the lids before we throw them away in the recycle bin. Obviously, you can't can with them, but they work great for refrigerator and dry ingredients in the cupboard. Cutting board hack. We have plenty of cutting boards, but I haven't found a self-cleaning cutting board yet. So when I have something like a small onion or a jalapeno to cut up for a salad, I have a stack of dollar store paper plates just for this task. They're not much good for anything else. Bonus hack, I also don't reach for one of my expensive knives to chop up a jalapeno. I grab a pizza slicer 
and it chops fast and can go in the dishwasher, and it only gets used for this type of thing since we don't eat pizza since going on keto. James, bottom line up front, there is a way to get free wood chips delivered directly to your house. The site's called Chip Drop. Create a login, fill out an info, request chips, and wait. It can take a while to process a request. You're limited to large truckloads, but I've gotten some. Uh, I have never gotten, it, it's tri chip, chipdrop.io is the website, if I remember right. Uh, it works for some people. I have filled it out multiple times. I have never gotten chips doing that, but if you do, then it's a good thing. Uh, next from Dan Damien, my life hack is for people who have dogs that are trained with e-collars. Keep the dog from obeying when the collar is dead or forgot to put it on. I use a voice memo app on my phone to record and play the beeping noises the collar makes before they get buzzed. After time, they now just need to see my phone in my hand and obey. Thanks, Damien. Um, yeah, when we trained Charlie with the electric collar with certain things, he knew the remote was what did it. And we didn't do the recording or anything, but I would just always hold the phone if I buzz him with the remote. And it got, now all I have to do is show him my phone. And it just, and I don't even think he thinks he's going to get buzzed or shocked. I think it just reinforced, hey, oh, I'm supposed to actually do this. It's kind of like the difference between here and here. Like my grandson asked me one time, like, I'll tell the dog, here, Charlie, or here, Lucy. And they don't, you know, they may or may not come if it's, you know, kind of, and, and it like, when I'm like, here, they're like, oh, man. And they get, man, they pick up and they get right over there. And he said, well, what's the difference? Why do they listen to that? I said, well, you know, you know how your mom sometimes says, Braylon? And you're like, just keep doing whatever you're doing. But if she says, Brader, Ryden, Delora, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you train your dogs and you train them that difference in that inflection, it's like saying that full name to the dog. And I think that things like being trained with, because like I've said about electric training my dog, um, I think he's been shocked maybe four times in his existence. And he's been buzzed a bunch, and he hadn't worn that collar in years. But still, when you show them that phone, it just, because dogs want to do what you want them to do if they're trained right. It just reinforces, hey, I'm, hey, buddy, I mean it this time. This is not a place where you get an option. Um, next one from David said, here's a simple one for those hard to reach spark plugs when reinstalling them. Use a piece of black hose or gas line. Push the gas line over the end of the spark plug and then you have extra reach. That's huge. Uh, that's one I did learn from my great uncle Pete, by the way. And some motors will be reaching way in the back and it's hard. And there's other things that that might apply to. Sometimes you're trying to get something way down in, being able to put something over it that basically is acting like a socket for something that a socket or a socket extension wouldn't work for. Uh, from Jake, I store my garden seed packets in a storage tote. I put a bag of rice in the bottom of that tote to absorb any extra moisture that may be present. Jake, bad news for you, and I'm guilty of it too. This is like the boiling frog story. Rice will not absorb extra moisture. If it did, rice wouldn't stay dry. doesn't work. I've said it does. It doesn't. I was wrong. We're both wrong. But, hey, you can throw any kind of desiccant in there you want to, I guess. Uh, keeping them dry in a Ziploc bag in there, and they'll be fine. Allen wrenches from Jason. Unlike Phillips and flathead screwdrivers, which have a fair range of variants they can be used for, Allen wrenches pretty much need to be the exact size to work efficiently. It doesn't always seem you have the metric or English when you need it. You've one or the other, and it's always the wrong one. Here's a hack that can help. It doesn't always work, but sometimes it works just enough to get by. If an Allen wrench is slightly smaller than needed, wrap the end of the Allen wrench in a thin cloth, paper, or plastic. This essentially thickens the Allen wrench and slightly and can be just enough to allow you to tighten an Allen head screw Jason. Yet generally what works perfect for that is a, is a standard handkerchief, and you can do one or two layers, and if that won't get it done, you probably ain't going to get it done. But most of the time, unless we're talking about a really, really tight bolt, that will get it done if you have something close. From Dave, the Puget Sound Prepper, bread bag ties, the wide plastic ones, not the thin ones. Write the device the cable goes to, DVD, speaker, external hard drive, etc. Put a tie around the cord and drop it. If you are moving and pack up the items, you know what cord goes with what device. Or if you're fumbling around under the desk and wandering out of the mass of plugs and cables, what goes to what, now you know 
and knowing is half the battle. little G.I. Joe reference there. Hi, Jack. This is for Matt. A quick life hack, nothing major. Instead of a giant chip clip used to close potato chip bags, uh, in my experience, that they always break and they're never strong enough, use the metal binder clips that are used to hold stacks of paper together. Stronger, nearly unbreakable, multifunctional. And I got a 10-pack at the dollar store. Matt, that is a good hack. Marty has a bunch of travel hacks, some involving kids. When traveling with young kids or going into a crowded space, ball game, amusement park, etc., write your phone number on their arm with a Sharpie and then paint over it with clear nail polish. It will last a few days. Uh, another traveling tip, dress kids in bright shirts. Take a phone picture of them as you leave the house for an outing. It's super easy to identify them if they get lost. Always travel with baby wipes, clean tray tables on airplanes, refresh yourself on a long trip, baby powder before travel, baby powder your underwear region to make it smoother and soak your travel, travel is sweaty and gross, uh, bring reusable water bottles on planes, fill up at the fill up at the gate before you board, so yeah, you can't bring water bottles, but you can bring the bottles empty in your carry-on and fill them up at like the water fountain or whatever, never drink coffee or tea from the plane, use hand sanitizer rather than airplane water for cleaning, uh, store a copy of all travel docs in a secure cloud-based service, uh, give kids a candy or gum uh, on descent in an airplane, uh, that's an old one and it works, uh, for their ears popping, uh, never post on social media from your vacation, don't advertise that you're not home. David said, here's a life shack to share with your listeners. In winter, I park overnight. I position the car so it faces east. That means the morning sun hits the windshield and melts frost for me, giving me one less task before driving to work. That works, and even when it doesn't completely work, a lot of times, as long as you get enough sun on that windshield, scraping the window is easier. I don't have to do that very often anymore, but yes, it works. Hey, Jack, uh, my hack is paying attention to the appliances in your house. After eight years of leaning over the clothes dryer, I realized the door's reversible. A screwdriver in ten minutes had opened the other way. Uh, the room was designed for it to open. I'll add, if you have something you're mounting on a wall or under a cupboard or whatever, but can't see the mounting holes, think power strips or can openers. Place the device on your printer or scanner. Make a copy, instant template to mount it. That's worth the price of admission to this show. You know the kind of thing he's talking about. There's a hole for the screw head, and it kind of slides on there. But, you, yep, you can make a template just by throwing it on the scanner. Uh, this is from Charles, the humble mechanic. Life hack to save money. Buy all your extension cords, three-way outlets, remote-controlled outlet modules, right, before, right after Christmas. Most stores clearance them like crazy because they are... Christmas items, we stock up on all of that for about 70% off at Target. Dave says, instead of canceling a phone number you've advertised for years, port it to another system, maybe something like Google Phone that is free, or even buy a cheap cell phone to port the number to Dave. I gotta, I'll hack the hack. So I use for the ThinkLine a service called Call8, K-A-L-L, the number 8.com. Uh, it is about six cents per minute incoming is the cost of it. Uh, to get an 800 number, it will be somewhere between a dollar and a hundred dollars a month. Like if you want one that spells something or whatever, I spend some extra money for the Think Line because it spells out Think, uh, and that way you can do that. But you can port local numbers to call eight. That will let you have complete and infinite control over what you do with it. And I can't get into it because I can do a, probably a whole show on what you can do with call eight. But I will tell you, for almost no money, Call 8 will do for you what an expensive PBX phone system does for a lot of people. And that way you have a lot of control with that old number. While make, oh, this is from Rose. While making your stock or broth in a pressure cooker, put the bones and veggies in a steamer basket. So you simply grab the handle and it's already strained. Uh, adding to that hack, IKEA has a, a strainer. It's a tall, thin colander. It fits inside a carry canner. So it does exactly what she said. It's more robust than your typical streamer ba steamer basket. Also, uh, Ikea, I, I don't know who I said had that. Ikea is the one that has that. I, I think I, For some reason, I think I said it wrong. Ikea has this colander. If you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. They also have a huge stock pot, and that colander fits in the stock pot and works as a steamer 
or for doing things like making stock or whatever in a pot. Additionally, that colander has a stand on the bottom that lifts it up off the bottom so it doesn't sit directly on the bottom. So uh, that's something I've basically done with a little bit more purpose-built item. Uh, next from Jason, this hack is great for dry red wines with tannins like Cabernets, Merlots, Pinot Noirs, etc. Step one, open wine, pour half a glass. Step two, empty remaining bottle into blender, ninja, etc. Blend for 60 seconds. Step three, pour into canner, pour a second glass. Taste the two glasses. You'll be amazed at the difference a mere minute makes. Eventually, this process hyper, essentially this process hyperoxygenates the wine, creates a mellow, more blended tone akin to a wine having aged a few additional years. I jokingly say it turns your $7 Cabernet into a 12 and your 15 into a 22. Enjoy, perhaps try it out uh, this, this holiday season. That's actually really cool. I am totally going to try that, and it makes sense. Many of your decanters have a little thing, and you pour it in, and it essentially oxygenates the wine. Now, let me say something about wine you do this to. If you're the kind of person that opens wine and doesn't finish wine, this is probably not the best thing to do. This is when you open the bottle of wine, that bottle of wine's going down that day. And I don't see that being that big of a deal, if it's a normal-sized bottle of wine anyway, because there's four glasses of wine in a bottle. So... You know, even if it's just two people, that's two glasses of wine. I've, I've had two glasses of wine many times in my life. I have seldom had one. Uh, this one, from another one from Tactical Redneck, another quick life hack. If you find a dryer for free, the drum that you put clothes in makes a great burn pit. The paint is even made for high heat, so it holds up pretty well. I bet you you can find free dryers on nextdoor.com. Uh, next up, we have two barn cats. This is from Trent. And ants were getting into their food, so we keep their bowls on a lid from a bucket and dust it with DE. This works on the legs of vermicompost bin if it's out of the rain. This is an oh-duh moment for me. I've been trying to do a frickin' worm bid forever. So I do need to shelter the worm bin from the rain so that the DE doesn't get deactivated, but yeah. Thanks, Trent. I appreciate it. Told you guys there'd be some dumb moments in this episode. Um, next up, hope I'm too not too late for the hack from Matt. Know the difference between toe straps and recovery straps. Toe straps have hooks and are only for towing. Toe straps have loops and specifically designed for jerking a car out of a ditch or something, so they require a larger amount of force without snapping. If you're using a truck to recover a vehicle, take out the trailer hitch receiver pin. Slip the recovery strap loop inside and then put the trailer hitch, uh, the, the, the trailer hitch receiver pin back in. The point of the truck is specifically designed to hold up against a lot of force and included a screenshot from YouTube as a reference. Hope this makes sense. It's pretty simple. So you have your pendle hitch on your receiver hitch on your truck. You take the pin out and if you have a hitch in there, you remove the hitch. Put the loop inside the square part of the receiver hitch and put the pin through the loop in the toe or the recovery strap and then reattach your, your uh, pin. That works really well. If you have a, a clevis hitch, you just put the loop inside the clevis hitch. But if you own a clevis hitch, you probably do for a reason. You would have already known that. Uh, Josh says, a quick hack for all those entrepreneurs out there looking to share various social media links in a clean, pretty way. If you have a website, use the Pretty Link plugin in WordPress to redirect folks to various social media pages. You can get it at prettylinks.com. For example, my YouTube page is youtube.com slash channel slash you blah, 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 blah. It turns into ganderflight.co slash YouTube. That's a good one. I, I did not know about that one. I am going to check that one out. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. I've been looking for a short link tool for various reasons. I've been using Bitly. Um, having one that you control from WordPress sounds really cool, so I appreciate that. That wraps up the ones that came by email. Now let's do the lightning round, as if that wasn't lightning enough, from the Facebook forum. All right, so that put us about 48 minutes, so I'm going to go really fast through the stuff on uh, Facebook. Again, I will include a link To this um, post, it's at the Survival F Podcast Facebook Forum. 
if you don't use Facebook, you can't access it because it's a private group. So it's up to you there. But if you use Facebook at all, you can access this. And I'm sure this is one of those ones that will continue to run for quite a while. It went pretty crazy last night. Matt says, cover the sensor with toilet paper on an automatic flusher to prevent flushing when not desired. So if you've ever been like the airport or whatever, uh, public restroom where like when you stand up, the toilet flushes, sometimes you lean forward. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Uh, Neil says, a roll of blue shop towels in your vehicle. So many uses. Clean up a mess. Blow a nose. Emergency toilet paper, etc. Todd says, use one of those decorative brass plates in your grill to burn the charcoal on so the bottom of your grill doesn't rot out in two years. You know what, guys? That's a huge tip. That is an awesome, awesome idea, Todd. Thank you. Uh, Buddy says, heat cheap duct tape with a hair dryer to make it bond better. And John Dowie says he's done that. Or not John Dowie, John Richards said, I do this with a pair of glasses the side piece broke off of. I'm not really sure you're duct taping it there or whatever, but eh, somebody did it. Josh says, roast vegetables in a pan right after you cook bacon. Let's clean up a second time and yummy. Uh, bacon fat flavored veggies just did it yesterday with sweet potatoes. Uh, that's, that is a chef hack for sure. I do a lot of cooking that way. One pan cooking, one skillet cooking, etc. Uh, if you search for something and you find it, put it in the first spot you searched for it after you're done with it from Adam. Man, of course, that would be on top of my desk, uh, which looks like maybe I follow this rule already too often. Uh, service your vehicles regularly from Shannon, True Texan. It doesn't matter if it's been 3,000 or 10,000. Oil goes bad. Change it every three months. Fuel, filter, brake fluid. If your brake fluid isn't clear, you have a problem. Change your brake pads before they ruin your rotors. Basic maintenance will save you thousands in the long run. Um, Maddie says, if you're sleeping outside in cold weather, take off your coat or any other clothes you're not wearing through the night and lay it in your sleeping bag. When you get up, it will be much nicer to put on a warm coat than a cold one. Let me add to that, just military training, your boots. Your boots. If you're sleeping in cold weather... Put your boots in the bottom of your sleeping bag so they're warm by your body heat through the night because the first thing that generally gets cold on us is our hands, our feet, and our face. And when your feet are cold, you're cold. Everything else can feel warm. When you have cold feet, you are miserable. So include your, your boots in that. If you decide to go to college, take CLEP tests to get credits with less time and money, finish in three years instead of four by loading up on classes, with no student loans. Um, Karim says, keep disposable ponchos. Walmart has them for 50 cents in the car in a pinch. You can cut and spread over the, your seats if you're transporting something that could make a mess. Also, leaving Illinois, 10 of 10, I would recommend it. <laughs> so life hack, leave Illinois. Karim did that a few years ago. He's been pretty happy here in the Austin area. Uh, Andrew says, buy a house with a guest house. Rent the guest house out. Let tenants pay the mortgage and live for free. Sometimes that actually does work. Even if it doesn't fully work, it might partially work. Lisa, Lisa says, a friend built a wire cage out of old metal shelving. He loaded it half full with black walnuts in the hole. Then he power washed off all the holes. The holes flew out of the cage, but the nuts didn't fit through. He dumped it out squeaky clean, walnuts to spread out and dry. Next up, coil along, this is from Carl, coil a long garden hose into a figure eight on the ground. When you go to use it and you pull the holes, it won't kink and it won't get coil memory. I do this with up to 200 foot of hose all the time, and it works great. And Greg says of that, this guy wins the Internet. Uh, I completely agree. And I'll tell you, I used to do a lot of utility work, uh, fiber optic work and things like that, and we would pull miles, miles of cable at times, a fiber optic cable. And fiber optic cable is not as the fragile eggshell some people make it out to. But if you kink a fiber optic cable, it's done. You, you can't do that. And we were usually pulling off these great big uh, wheels on a trailer. But there would be times where you have to pull you know, up and out of a service box and then back down in, you're pulling the same cable. And the only way, when you're dealing with hundreds or even sometimes maybe a 1,000 feet of cable, 
to manage that is figure eight method. There's another way to coil hoses. It's the under over method, but the figure eight method's really, really easy. And if you have the space to just have a hose laying on the ground, it's the easy quick one. And if you play with it, you can get to where basically you grab a piece of hose, you know how far to walk, and you walk back and drop, drop, and go walk, grab another piece, and drop, drop, and you can do it really, really fast. That's what I do with my hoses. Uh, Carl says, keep cleaning and maintenance supplies as close as possible where, to where they are used. For example, I built storage into my chicken coop with all the cleaning tools and bedding. I keep a small bucket with a scrub brush, uh, soap, scum cleaner, Mr. Clean Eraser in the bathroom, touching up the shower. Uh, by the way, Mr. Clean Eraser is the go-to for cleaning glass shower doors. Works amazing. Uh, my wife loves those things. We use them to clean our hot tub. Uh, so, yeah, those actually work really, really good. Christina says, use all the features in your public library systems. Your taxes are paying for them. You might as well take it full advantage. Get library cards for your local system. Look at surrounding cities and counties. They often issue you a card, even if you don't live in their city, uh, sometimes even in their state. I live in a town that borders another state. Learn to use their ebook and audiobook services. Request book purchases. There's a book you want to read and they don't have it. Request that they purchase it. There's usually a 50-50 chance they'll get it. Interlibrary loans. Most libraries have a backdoor way of checking out books from other libraries in your state. Databases and learning platforms. Many libraries have all the Chilton car repair books online in a database that you can access if you have a card. Um, Free meeting rooms, if you belong to a special interest or hobby group, you can use library spaces to hold your meetings. Book clubs, if you have or want to start a special interest book club, you can request that the library purchase books for your club. Uh, money and TV series, li many libraries have large collections of DVDs, even subscribe to online movie collections. If you can't afford Netflix or Hulu, try your local library. Books for the homebound. You know someone who's disabled or otherwise homebound. Many libraries will check out books to them and have volunteers deliver them. And 10, computer labs. Are you not computer savvy? Many libraries have computer labs and a staff of volunteers that teach you how to do what you need to do on a computer. Uh, I shortened that post. It's a lot longer. That would be one worth reading in full, especially homeschool parents. Uh, Josh says, when driving at night, turn your mirrors so that you have to lean slightly to either side to see the vehicle behind you. This keeps their headlight glare from bothering your eyes as much. Also, dim your dash lights and cell phone you're not supposed to be using. <laughs> when screw, uh, Richard says, when screwing into wood, if it becomes stripped, break off a toothpick into the hole and try again. Um, that That's something, if you don't know to do that, you need to tell your dad he didn't, if you're a guy especially, he didn't, he didn't teach you well enough as a kid. I, I'm just saying that that's, Screws stripping out wood and pop, and you can use a toothpick. Uh, a bigger hole maybe needs a little more backbone, a bamboo boo skewer. Uh, I've been out in situations where, like, you're, there's trees around, you break a little piece of a tree branch and stick it in there. That is, you need to know that. That should be on a list of things that people need to know to get out of school, that you can fix a stripped out wood screw uh, area with a piece of a toothpick. Um, Kurt has a, a video linked from the post, but basically shows you how to quickly load stripper clips. It's really easy. You tear the top off the box where you can see the, the rims of the cartridges. You just leave all the cartridges in the box. It's usually a box of 20. Each stripper clip holds 10. You just slide the stripper clip on and pull it out. Uh, crowdsourcing itself is a life hack from Benjamin. You're right, sir. That's what we're doing here today. Uh, Nick says, take a garden rake camping. I always take one, and everyone always has to borrow it for raking the area before setting up a tent. Absolutely. I learned that in Cub Scouts. Uh, Sue says, if you want someone to clean your toilet, have boys. <laughs> uh, next up, Henry says, when drilling through drywall, put a folded post-it note under the area you're drilling in. Most of the drywall dust will fall into the fold for easier cleanup. Kim says, if you use a CPAP machine and don't want to pay the prices for mask covers, buy the stockinette material that's used under the under casts and braces and cut it to the size you need. Slip it over the mask and open up a hole. Uh, one roll has lasted me six months for 15 bucks. Jeff says, this is weird, but if you cover the sink with a trash bag when you are trimming your beard, your hairs stick to it and don't make a mess. I just throw a towel in the sink. Usually there's a towel that's hanging up. It's about ready to go to the, you know, go to the wash. 
I just put that towel in the sink when I'm trimming my beard, and yeah, that takes care of that. Um, John Dowie says, let's lie to your doctor about how much life-saving medicine you use so you have a large backup supply. They're just prescription monkeys anyway. You know, and I'll say, like, if we have to go to the doctor or something and they want to prescribe something that we don't really think we need, that's okay, especially if it's not real expensive. Because, yeah, vacuum seal, throw in the refrigerator. Um, Phil says, airplane food, you know how you feel trapped after finishing your airplane meal because the folding tray is down and the meal tray is on top? Solve this feel f and feel free. Keep a grocery store plastic bag in your carry-on. Then when you finish your meal, put the disposable tray and trash into the bag. Place it on the floor until the attendant returns so you don't have to wait an hour for them to come take away your tray. Then while you're at it, use this time to go to the laboratory since everyone else is trapped in their seats. Then when the attendant returns, pass them the bag. Um, Jeff says, rub screw threads with a bar of soap and it will be easier to drive. That's another one that kids should come out of high school, learn, uh, grade school learning how to do. Uh, we learned that in Woodshop. Uh, Chris says, as for discounts wherever you shop, I often say I really like this item and want to buy it, but not at this price. What can you do for me in terms of a discount? Five to 25% is often possible, and every dollar saved is a good thing. It helps and that I don't buy a lot of new stuff. Sometimes I'll even do this on eBay or other sites. You never know until you try. Uh, Ryan says, a leaf blower on idle pointed at a brush fire will let you burn wood that is still green and help burn through a pile more quickly with less smoke. I do this while cleaning an area so I don't get a huge pile that I have to come back to later to burn. Spencer says, have an emergency fund. Don't take, sh don't take shit, live life. <laughs> um, uh, Derek says, have your kids do a job even if it takes twice as long. Have fun while working with them. It pays off in the end when they do the job later and you're not at home. Um, Lee says, instead of freezing just water in plastic bottles to keep food cold, and after a power outage in the last hurricane, I froze coffee. Coffee is my drug of choice, and melted iced coffee in the hot weather afterwards is a real treat. Well, that's smart. I'll tell you what else you could freeze. Iced tea. That's, that, is, that is one of those really, really simple, duh, hit-tap-yourself-in-the-head moments, isn't it? Uh, Ryan says, pressure washer in a shop vac, mini ditch witch, hydro vac trencher, or post hole digger. Uh, I use this to dig footings and crawl space uh, where it is almost impossible to use a shovel. Uh, an extra long corrugated tube allowed me to leave the shop vac outside. As a bonus, if you want a larger container for your shop vac, adapt the shop vac hose to the bunghole of a 55-gallon metal drum, a 55-gallon drum, then connect the corrugated extension hose to the other bunghole, snicker bunghole, worth the 55-gallon drum when the foot gallon is mostly full, remove and dump. Uh, double bonus, put a 55-gallon drum on a lawnmower uh, dump trailer, then you can move the drum wherever you want to dump it. And he uh, has a video there you can see as well. And uh, this is just been a great episode i think these are great hacks so as i said at the uh, the intro to this rewind episode um i'm back here at the end to do the song of the day and we've nixed the original song of the day for this episode um and as we continue on and finish up moody blues week this week um this song is called the story in your eyes from 1971 We don't have a lot of commentary on this song from the group. It's not like they came out and like gave away like the background or whatever on it. Um, but it certainly seems like what it's really about is a man worrying about his marriage or relationship and the world around him at the same time. Boy, and that kind of fits in with the concept of lifestyle design, doesn't it? it it's, it's a difficult thing especially if you're an entrepreneur, to balance your lifestyle and dealing with the world's realities that you have to work with along that interactive edge with maintaining a relationship. It, it really is. They're both worth doing. They're both worth doing. I've even been asked recently, how do you, how do you balance being a dedicated entrepreneur with being a good husband? And I think the way that you do that is you're just a good husband first. You're just a good husband first. And that's the best advice I can give to somebody 
that has this conflicted thing in their life, balancing these two worlds. Um, there is a, there's a little mnemonic device built into this album as well. Um, the album was released again in 71, and it was called Every Good Boy Deserves a Favor. It's taken from a mnemonic device used to aid in learning to read music. It corresponds to the notes in the lines uh, of music going from bottom to top, E-G-B-D-F. So there's a little bit of trivia to go along with it. With that, uh, this wraps up today's Rewind, and I will be back tomorrow with the Expert Council Q&A to wrap up the week. Story in your eyes.